We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. I'm incredibly excited to have you meet my new friend, Jade Campbell. Jade's goal is to bring awareness, conversation, and education surrounding childhood cancer while simultaneously encouraging the hearts of others who are walking this oncology path with their child. Part one of this conversation primarily focuses on the diagnosis of her beautiful and strong daughter, Hattie. We hope you will enjoy getting to know the Campbell family today as they so graciously and tenderly share pieces of their childhood cancer journey in honor of Pediatric Oncology Awareness Month. We are from a small town, so Ringwood, which is pretty small. Um, My husband is um, a pastor of a of a little church here we also farm so lots of lots of things lots of things but we have cattle I just got some chickens so that's been exciting way too many barn cats but they are surviving because our middle daughter Ruby is able to keep everything alive and so (laughs) but um so my husband and I Brent we've been married I guess this will be 18 years We'll be, we will have been married 18 years um, in September. And we have three wonderful children. Hattie, who is um, the one who was diagnosed with uh, leukemia, is 12 and a seventh grader this year. So that is fun and <laughs> filled with all kinds of anxiety as well. And then Ruby, who is our middle, and she is in fifth grade. And then um, Judson is our youngest, and he is going into third. So we have been blessed with, I would say, just a pretty normal, simple way of life, um, slower paced. And Brent and I have always tried to prioritize our our church, our faith, and our, our family. So... We've been blessed to do that. So you mentioned that Hattie um, was diagnosed with leukemia. Since the primary reason for our podcast is for uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and honoring our families who have these kind of experiences, um, I'm wondering if you would walk us through a little bit of the diagnosis, the how did you learn about it, remembering those first moments. Yeah. Um, um, Well, (laughs) We are um, we are quick to say that we are those parents that we overlooked a lot, <laughs> or we explained away. We explained away a lot is maybe a better way to put it. So Hattie was in um, fifth grade and was diagnosed in April of 2022. But before that, um, she was very active at our. Um, little school in fifth grade is when kind of they are encouraged, kids are encouraged to try all of the things. It's like when the doors are opened of, you know, athletics and we have band. And so she was doing all of those things. So um, the school year had started and she did cross country and she 
did really well with that and was um, excelling with that. And, um, you know, the school year progressed um, and it was into, I think, basketball season in the fall. And she was starting to complain about some things then, like something, something was off. I can remember she started having migraines, but they were, um, they were monthly and, you know, about this age, other things are starting to happen. And so the timeline of when those were happening, I associated with that. But she was also like when she was playing basketball, she was complaining about like some lightheadedness, maybe some heart palpitation. I can't remember. Just something was off, um, which didn't make sense because she had you know, she's someone who had pushed her body before, you know, she had just done cross country. And so it wasn't making sense that she was having a hard time transitioning, like she should be in pretty good shape. So it wasn't making sense to us. Um, So we took her in, I think it was the end of October, November, but all of her blood work came back normal. So we put on, I can remember she put on some kind of heart monitor so we could see when when she started having those feelings of kind of like passing out um, to see if it caught anything. Um, But of course, all of that came back normal. So Christmas break happens. And I think they were a month in to school after Christmas break. And both Hattie and Ruby caught some virus. And Hattie pretty much all of her life has been our healthy child. And so not really any fevers. If, you know, if she caught the tummy bug, she was quick to bounce back. If she caught a virus, quick to bounce back. But this this was different. And we had both of them tested for COVID, both of it, um, both of them, it came back negative. Um, so still not sure what it was. But whereas Ruby, I don't want to say that she bounced back, but she re- she still recovered before Hattie, even though Hattie was the one that came down with it first. And Hattie, who never runs temperature, is who kept running a temperature. Um, So that was concerning. Um, And that would have been in, in February, but she got better. So then we started, that brings us to um, another sporting event. So track was starting and Hattie This is when she started to complain about different pains. So she would come home and she would say, my shoulder really hurts. And, you know, we would talk to her about, well, what did you do today? Well, she had attempted to throw like a shot put or a discus for the first time. And so we were just like, well, you probably didn't do it right. You didn't stretch. Well, she started complaining about like her ribs hurting or her legs, her knees, and just different things. Um, And all of it, we were just like, well, you're not in shape. You didn't, you know, you didn't stretch. Like she would show us and it just wasn't making any sense. But um, during this time, she, um, she started to lose weight and I can, like, I didn't really notice it, but she said something to me about mom, I've lost, I've lost weight. And I'm like, oh, well, how much have you lost? And she told me, and I can remember it wasn't quite 10 pounds, but it was, you know, it was getting close to that. And I was just like, well, that's, that's concerning. <laughs> you know, that's, that doesn't really 
what are, why are you losing weight? Like, are you not eating? And so even that, some of the things that she said made me wonder um, how much of it was, you know, could it be nerves, anxiety, like this age? And um, just, again, just explaining things away. I myself had struggled with like nerves and kind of an anxious, nervous stomach. And so I was just kind of pushing that onto her. But towards the end of March, Hattie um, had, I think she had passed out on the track. And at one of the track meets, um, someone had to had to go get her just because of not not feeling well. And um, again, just that complaining of feeling like she was going to pass out. But she also started walking with a limp. And we were concerned about that. But again, just that she's running track, you know, probably has pulled something. But she, like it persisted. We just thought, you know, is she putting on a show? That sounds terrible as parents, but you're just like, is she doing this for attention? Um, but it never let up and never changed sides. And it, it got worse to where, you know, we would describe it as like she was walking almost like a little old lady, just a slower pace, almost kind of hunched over. And she was kind of even um, like thrusting her like that leg to kind of help her walk. And Ruby was playing soccer at this time. And I can just remember, you know, usually everyone's carrying their chairs and getting set up, you know, on the sidelines. And Hattie was just going at a much slower pace and was struggling. Looking back now, like you just feel awful that, you know, you're having those, those thoughts of like, Hey, you're making a slate, like, come on, you know, like grab, get your, get your lawn chair. Come on. Like we're, we're trying to get all of our stuff over here and get set up. So it wasn't until Hattie um, started complaining of chest pain that we were like, okay, what is going on? We actually took her to a, cause I think it was on the weekend. And so she complained about chest pain and we took her to an urgent care that we knew had x-rays. This is where trusting your, your gut as a parent is important because this provider told us like, she just kind of examined Hattie, but she said, well, you know, girls at this age can be a little emotional and didn't do any blood work, didn't do the x-ray, even though that was something that we were concerned about because of her complaining about the chest pain. Again, it just kind of reinforced or like delayed the help that Hattie could have received because it just, for us, we we're like, okay, suck it up, Hattie. Like we took you to the doctor and there's nothing wrong with you. And I wish I could remember for sure, like if that was like the very end of March, but Hattie started sleeping a lot. I can remember. So like maybe I guess that first week of April, she would go to school, come right home and like nap, like nap for two hours. She wasn't eating. And I started paying attention to how much she was eating. She wasn't eating but then she was still going to bed, like ready for bed before nine. And I was just like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. So we finally call our family 
um, doctor. And I was just like, we need to get, we need to get labs done. I was just like, something is going on. Um, and I kind of, you know, I just explained her, her symptoms, but I was just like, we, we just need to see if there's anything else going on. And at least just for that assurance of see Hattie, you're fine. And just moving on. (laughs) So we can just stop worrying about it. We took Hattie to go get labs on a Wednesday and she had nine vials drawn um, to get tested. So she was being tested for everything. And we had a follow-up appointment on that Friday. It was on that Friday that we were told that Hattie's blood work was not normal, that her white blood cell count was very, very low. She was anemic. And our provider was just like, it could be cancer. But um, I think it was that her, the the cell count was so low that caused her to question and um, something else was high. I can't remember. I think her liver enzymes were super high, but something that made her question that maybe it could be autoimmune. Um, So she was just like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, request further testing. Um, So we had more labs drawn and we were supposed to meet back with her. And then she was going to refer us on to, to children's, but I think she was just trying to have everything in a row. And like, even though Hattie wasn't feeling well, like there wasn't anything super alarming, but from that Friday to that Monday, all, I guess just the, the cancer just attacked and Hattie's immune system couldn't fight anymore. So whenever Hattie woke up on that Monday, she was in so much pain (laughs) that um, she couldn't even lift herself up out of bed. So we were just like, what has happened? You know, (laughs) like what is going on with our kid? (laughs) That she is, um, she has been so active and now like she was just broken and she, she, yeah, we had to help her lift herself up out of bed. So Brent had actually just left for work and I um, had to call him and just, you know, I, I called our doctor saying this was going on and she was just like, just take her to the emergency room and I will send everything that way and let them know that you're coming. So Brent had to come back to the house and help lift Hattie out of the bed and us collectively like help get her ready. So this kid who had been walking and I mean, obviously not fine, but she was up and walking on Friday was being carried and needing assistance on Monday. Um, So we went to um, Children's Hospital where we, OU Children's Hospital, where we waited I think, I don't know if it was six hours, but, you know, this is still, you know, COVID is still happening. I guess this was peak COVID flu, whatever season. And at the time, you know, I didn't know that Hattie had cancer, but now looking back, I'm just like, so thankful. I really feel like we, (laughs) that, that God was protecting her because there were so much hacking, coughing, you know, really sick people in the ER and Hattie, whose immune system was shot, somehow we made it through there without her getting anything else. But we, you know, wait the six hours 
and finally get in. They run more labs. They hook her up to um, an IV and the dreaded, you know, we finally make it to a little room in the emergency room where we learn, you know, Hattie had lost, I think it was more than 10 pounds by this point. She was super dehydrated. She was anemic. I forget what her, it may have, her hemoglobin may have dropped to seven. And um, so we knew she needed a blood transfusion. So we were we were moved to the to the hemoc floor, 10th West. And, you know, all of this is a blur. I think we were being moved maybe at like one o'clock in the morning, like Hattie had rested some in the emergency room, hospital bed. But again, all we knew from um, the emergency room doctor was just that her labs were not normal. So even, even then, I don't think we were thinking that it was cancer. Like we were still hoping that it was an autoimmune, which sounds terrible. People who suffer with autoimmune, but we, we were just thinking anything but cancer. But early that next morning, the doctors made their rounds and I'm, I'm pretty sure we were probably one of the first ones because <laughs> it was, um, I feel like I can still remember that scene of, we were in maybe the smallest room on on tenth on the tenth floor. Brent and I were sharing a pullout couch, so neither one of us were sleeping. And um, the doctor, Doctor Rooms, is is our primary, but is who made the rounds that morning and said, you know, with without a doubt, this is this is leukemia, this is cancer. But she said, now we just need to find out, like what what kind, what kind she's fighting. And I'm, I'm sure just like any other parent that like your, your world stops, everything just kind of stops. I can remember telling her and telling Brent just from that moment on of, you're going to have to tell me whenever this is important, like with what you're telling me is something that this is important. You need to write this down. Just that, just the shock of it and the numbness that comes with hearing those words that you, no one wants to hear. And there's no way that you can ever be prepared for it. Because again, you know, we had been taking her to the doctor and there's still just this, well, it's, you know, there's no way it could be cancer. There's no way. So Hattie was diagnosed with B-cell ALL on April 12th of 2022. And we spent that first week, I think it's pretty typical protocol that, you know, everything's a blur. Everything's pretty fast paced because they want to attack the cancer. So um, a bone marrow aspirate happens pretty quickly, um, the inserting of a port. And I can remember the day that Hattie was getting her port placed of just being so out of sorts. Like I couldn't, I couldn't figure out, which they're hard to figure out anyway, but I just could not figure out the gown. Like my mind, I was like, I cannot figure out these snaps. I can't, I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, and thankfully, 
<clears throat> one of the, it wasn't the child care specialist, but one of those that um, have the therapy dogs was there and she was super kind and was just like, let me help you. Um, because I was just like, I, I cannot do this. You know, like you're hearing your kid has cancer and you're handing me this gown to put on my kid before putting her in the procedure room. And I, I can't do it. I'm not able to figure out snaps right now. All of that week, Hattie, Hattie was inpatient and she had to have a walker. We, we had to leave. They wouldn't let us leave without knowing that there was some way that she was going to have assistance. So Hattie's leukemia hit her hard in her hips, um, which is why she was thrusting, thrusting that leg and having such a hard time walking. And so whenever um, we had those first treatments, those chemo treatments, that's where it was attacking. And so she, I had to assist her, you know, with the shower there was one point where she fell down in the shower and I had to help her um, because in my mind, I still, none of it felt real. And for this kid that had been so healthy, like now she was just broken and, and depending on us for everything on, on walking and needing, you know, having to be there right by her in the shower so that she didn't fall. Like it just wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. So she actually had to start doing um, physical therapy and um, we had to have a walker to help her get from place to place because of how badly the the chemo and the cancer both were were attacking yeah, her hips and ability to walk. So that was Hattie's um, diagnosis. And from there, I would say that you come home um, with your your now very fragile, immune compromised child and everything had to be rearranged. And so we had to move Hattie's bed to the living room to where she would be closer to the bathroom. And one of us was always sleeping on the couch in the living room with her. She was diagnosed, you know, towards the end of that school year. And then Hattie's birthday is actually May 3rd. So she was diagnosed just two and a half, three weeks before her 11th birthday. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405 271 5072